News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas. With me, like always, Rick and Jill Van Dyke. Good morning, guys. Good, Good morning. morning. Okay, it has been really nice and warm. Oh, it's wow. been great. You know, I, I think that if we can have a January like this, and January just kind of goes on by with some nice warm weather. That's a pretty good treat. I think we've had a pretty good good January. And I yeah. think coming into February, we're going to get a little taste of what winter is like <laughs> oh, for a little well, bit. But well, we've been enjoying this. And it's, it's amazing because really for the last almost two weeks now, we haven't seen the sun. Right, except for, I know. Except for yesterday, a little bit, little a little bit. bit, and it's funny. Everybody usually complains it's been so dull and dreary, but it's been warm. So then people say that it's okay, right? It's only when it's really cold and and yeah. cloudy all the time. And usually, when it's cold is when we get the sunshine. So I think that we get that sort of yin yang balance yeah. of it's tough. It's yeah. tough. It was so foggy and the hoarfrost. frost. I mean, it's not wasn't great for driving conditions and that kind of stuff. But I mean, if, in some cases, but I mean, the, the beauty of the countryside and the trees and that kind of stuff. It's just amazing. Yeah, so gorgeous. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Frost. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you you heard that we're going to get some cold coming up? I heard that there is a polar vortex. That sounds like a nasty word. But that might be just me because I'm going somewhere warm tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Rick is going to be on holidays. So I'm just going. I'm just. I'm just. Uh, just rubbing it in. Oh, that's. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. We've got. We've got. Well, some, but but I, I heard. That, I heard that some. They said that somewhere in Siberia it went down to minus sixty, and oh, so that's been really? curling around up there. And so I think. I think the station. This station here had something saying that's supposed to be here for about a week to ten days. There's something coming, but I don't see nothing that bad for the next for the next week. Well, Thursday I have a little bit of snow, and then Friday minus 18 low, Saturday minus 26. But that's Sunday, normal, though. Minus 29, Monday yeah. minus 30. So it's cold. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. the following. But not minus 60 cold. It's, the follow, it's ne- after next weekend, so you're still that's good right. for all week. That's right. So we've got some warm weather for another week coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So what can we be doing? Uh, I know that you know does give us some opportunity to get outside and do some stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, some different things I've been doing around my house is just clearing the snow around the the edge of uh, my home and around the windows, um, around any of my vents, just making sure that I'm ready for when that uh, melt comes a little bit later because we'll get cold and then we usually get pretty warm really quickly. So making sure that everything can run off properly is is really important. Um, so that's what I've been doing. Um, looking at your trees and shrubs and stuff and see if there's any branches that have maybe broken off or anything like that. Cause when it's warm now is when you want to prune them, yep. not when it's really and, cold. And people have been asking me that this week. Can we, one person asked, can I prune my lilac right now? You know, I said, mm, it's not okay. a problem when, when it's warm. You don't want to go out there. No one wants, no one wants to go out there when it's minus 30, right? But, but when it's, when we get this warm, like today is, today I think it's Saskatoon is supposed to be like plus one. Uh, yeah. So it's, yeah. We might get a whole bunch of snow today and some freezing car, rain. And the car washes are going to be busy yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, but anyways, the uh, but otherwise, yeah, definitely go out there and do some pruning. And uh, what's the only thing you shouldn't prune right now? Well, anything that anything like I t- explained with the lilac is that if you prune, I told him if you prune the lilac right now, you're not you can have less blooms in the spring because they set the blooms in the fall. Mm-hmm. So he was okay with that because he wanted to make the he wanted to do a major pruning. So it has to be, that has to be done when it's dormant anyways. But otherwise you prune lilacs or early blooming shrubs like, uh, lilacs and double flowering plum and forsythia, things that bloom early in the spring. Yep. You prune them after they finish blooming and just give them a trimming. 
But if it's got out of control and you've got a lilac that's 12 feet tall and you want to bring it down to 6 feet, you have to do that when it's dormant. You can't do that right after it finishes blooming. It's just too hard on the plant. Okay, so you do it now, you bring it down, you're going you're gonna to say, I'm, I'm going to miss my year blooms, and then I'll catch blooms the following year. So the other spring-blooming plants, like your forsythia, yep. um, I'm just trying to think of some of the other ones. Double-flowering plum, double flowering, flowering almond, you know, um, yeah, all your, your azaleas, those kind of things. Anything that blooms really early in the spring, um, yeah, you prune them. Anything else? Uh, you prune those after they finish blooming or in dormant, but then don't worry. You do not worry about the, the blooms. But other than that, uh, like all your dogwoods, your, your nine barks, your spireas and all that kind of stuff, you can do the pruning. Your, your apple trees, you can go out and prune your apples. Elm trees. Okay. If you have elm trees, a lot of elm trees in Saskatchewan, you have to prune them. Mm-hmm. But from between September and April, after April 1st, you can't prune them anymore. So if you got these great big elm trees that, you know, that are, Big branch over top of your garden, you need to take that down. If you're not going to do that yourself, because, you know, a lot of them are pretty big, uh, you need to book your, your tree, uh, arborist to do that because April comes quick. Yeah. Right. In fact, we're going to be talking with, uh, a specialist. Robin. Yeah. Yeah. So while Rick's gone, I got some specialists coming yeah. on with me. So the first will be, um, Aaron Cron from Lakeshore Gardens. And we're going to talk a little bit about, um, trees and shrubs and some prairie hardy ones here. What, what's, what's successful, especially in like, uh, acreage areas and such. So we're going to touch a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Robin's going to be joining us from Arbor Crest the following week. And, um, we're going to talk all things pruning. And it's awesome being able to have local experts, um, from the city here. Um, not just Dutch growers, but so, you, so we have some local experts here that um, are doing this on a daily basis. And Robin's a great wealth of knowledge too, just because he's out there pruning. And there's just different things that techniques that they do. And, and that's really, all they do, day in and day out. That's really yeah. what what he what he calls himself is just like a little bit of like a tree doctor. Like they're just constantly like cutting and fixing, and almost like they're a, a yep. bone doctor for the trees. Yeah, no doubt. Well, the, he's got a whole crew of of people working for him. Yeah, yep. some of them, you know, are are climbing up in the trees they're using lifts sometimes so tell us all about it but yeah yeah, it's pretty interesting so they do all sorts of things from spraying to cleaning up stuff to taking down trees um so yeah just a wealth of knowledge and even doing those prunings if you need to bring those lilacs down from 12 feet to six feet they're good at doing all that kind of stuff too if because a lot of people are scared that that's my biggest thing i tell when i do my seminars and that is i tell people don't be afraid Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's the biggest thing because people are afraid and uh it's it's um it Robin will talk about that where you don't really need to be afraid. I think to, I think though if you're if you're you know if you've got a, a beautiful tree in your backyard you think it's time to get pruned or there's something yep. pretty major you want done, you know, consider though hiring somebody, you know, who is a professional in that in that field because they're going to know exactly what to do and what yep. not to do with that particular exactly. tree or species, right? Because if you just hire like a regular handyman, yeah, I think I should prune prune my tree. Like you might end up with some pretty bad well, results. The cities, so, the cities get like these elm trees. They get around to the trees once every seven years. Right. Okay. That's what they try to do because if they don't, there'll be dead branches, there'll be broken branches, and that's where the the elm beetles can come in and mm-hmm. bring Dutch elm disease with them. So to keep them healthy, the chances of them getting that uh, disease is reduced huge. So keeping your trees healthy. Uh, but not having also pruning them so that you might have a crotch, you know, like what a, you know, where a V, a, a, YV, a big yeah. YV, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get a big snow load or a big wind and that thing splits off and hits your house or, 
you know, knocks the wires down or whatever. You know? The roof of the car, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they can know, they can see those kind of things and then they can do what's called crown reduction, which can take some weight off of those things, off of those V's. And so that they're not going to split off on a big windstorm. Now, so, talking about weight on the trees, like I noticed all the spruce trees and stuff have lots of pine cones on them from yeah. last year. Is there anything that people can be doing to like knock those pine cones yeah, off? They're so tall up a lot of them that it's pretty hard, right? And okay. the small ones you can, like I, mm-hmm. uh, my small, you know, 10 foot ones around the yard. I, I took a ladder and I took all the pine cones off, right? Mm. Uh, but the big tall ones, then you might need somebody like, you know, like the, some of the arborists to come in with a bucket truck. Just like they go on, they, these guys even put Christmas tree lights on your lights, on your trees for you. Right. Right? Yeah. And so they'll do that. They have those kind of services as well. And so, but they can go up there and take the pine cones off because then they don't, you don't lose the top of your tree. Like I've seen lots of them around the city. Just with, break off. Just break off. That's right. So, I mean, look at all the knowledge you, you have to know. Yep. as an arborist, somebody yep. taking care of those trees. So all the things you, you should know, and when you yep. hire somebody who's professional, they're going to have all that knowledge with them. Absolutely. So that's that's a good way to go. Okay. Let's take a quick break. We're going to get back to, uh, what, what else are we talking about, Jill? We're, we've got a whole list of stuff today, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of courses coming um, up right away at the University of Saskatchewan. So great topics. So we'll touch a little bit on some of what Perfect. those topics are. And the Nature Society has some amazing events coming up with uh, bird watching and just around the city here in Saskatoon. And um, there's lots of different uh, societies that you can get involved in in your local community too. Perfect. I was thinking hopefully we could talk about me some uh, houseplants, some do's and don'ts with houseplants this time of year since that's kind of our green zone right now. So yeah, absolutely. We can touch on that. I know lots of people have been coming in with questions with bugs, with repotting with how to water those types of things we can touch on those for, for, uh, for fantastic that's what i'm trying to say we're going to get to <laughs> morris's call in just a moment so morris if you're on the line there hang on we're going to come back to you in just a second we've got to take a quick break right now i'm jay with jill and rick this is garden talk on 650 ckom and 980 cjme thanks for joining us in garden talk on 650 CKOM, 980CJME. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick, and we are talking about, um, well, some of our wintertime things we can do outside. We've been copying, co- or talking about that. We're going to get into some indoor houseplant stuff, and we're also going to talk about right away, uh, some really awesome sessions and seminars that you can take at the University of Saskatchewan. Are some of them in person? Uh, there is some in person. They have a master gardener's course as well, too. So you can definitely go to gardening.usas.ca and kind of see the lineup of in person. But a lot of them they're doing now are webinars. So you can visit them online. Anybody from across Saskatchewan, it's just right. easy for them. They don't do the traveling, right? So we'll get into the details of that in a second. But we've got somebody waiting on the line patiently with a great question. So we're going to Hendon right now to talk to Morris. Good morning, Morris. Hey. Hi there. How are you? Good. Good. So you've got some geraniums floating around in your basement, do you? took them up and now they're turning green but what how can i propagate them can i use that long tall thing to turn green or do i have to cut them off yeah, so what you want to do is your geraniums that you've carried over the winter, we like to call those your mother plants. So those yeah. are the ones that you, you're you kind of carrying over. You're wanting to get some new growth going now. So you want to be fertilizing them and giving them a little bit of pruning so that you can get some new growth going because you're going to want to take cuttings off of those and plant those cuttings into soil, and those are going to be your new baby plants for this coming spring. Yeah, this geranium is five years old. Okay, awesome. So you've been keeping it. You've got a nice, healthy mother plant. So you're going to get lots of new growth coming on that. You said it's just starting to turn green. So put it in the sunlight, start watering it. You can fertilize it a little bit. And then those new growths, once you get a couple nodes on them, you can trim yep. them off and you can start putting those in soil and they'll root for you. And Use uh, some stem roots. Stem roots. What's yellow? I should cut them off though, right? 
If the yep. if the leaves are yellow, you can cut those that off. Means yeah. have, that means they haven't been in the light yet, right? So that's you're, right. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, and how long does corn gluten stay in the soil? Uh, up, up, sometimes up to two years. That's why you don't. That's why I don't like using it in the garden. Okay, I'll use it in the shrub beds, the perennial beds, uh, even in the grass, but not in the garden because it can last up to two years. Oh, up to two years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, you talk about changing pots. You go up by an inch at a time, right? Yes. I go to one to two inches in diameter bigger. Anything bigger than that, you're usually going to waterlog your plant because it's going to hold too much moisture and it's going to stunt the growth of your plant because those okay. roots aren't How coming come we can plant. buy these uh, three-inch things in the greenhouses and take them home and put them in a 10-inch uh, hanging basket? Well, he's talking like little, little, little plants. Little plants. Little plants. Yeah. Well, when we do that, we're just really watching our water at that point in time. And, you, and you're putting three or four. And we're putting about four or five of them in there. And we're also using a soilless mix in there too. So that's got a wetting agent that's going to dry really easy from top to bottom. Okay. Um, okay. So that's one of the things that you're really going to want to watch um, is your watering when you're planting those little seedlings, especially off the top, off the start. Okay. So any of your seedlings, if you're putting them into a larger pot, just really watch your watering because you are going to have lots of water retention in the, that soil. Yep. Okay, very good. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for calling, call. Morris. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Some great questions from Morris there. Lots of yeah, geranium stuff. That's happening now, right? Yeah. So, so what's your 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 schedule's coming up pretty quick here? You got lilies starting up right away. Yeah, we're going to be starting to plant lily bulbs in the uh, second week of February. So that's coming wow. up already. Uh, and then the greenhouses will be fully fired up. All of my rooted cuttings will be coming in, and we'll be putting together um, all of our hanging baskets with our lovely recipes of what's coming up for the spring. So that's exciting. Um, and then we start um, on our perennials. So all of the things from astilbes to hostas. Um, peonies, everything sort of gets planted up in the greenhouse into pots. So, yeah, it's it's exciting times. The greenhouse is coming. We're we're getting like yeah. all the Christmas needles out of the greenhouses right now, getting I, things sort I, of I, cleaned I, up. I brought in the planting machine and and fired it up, and then oh oh, my conveyor one of my conveyor belts had broke, so I had to go get parts from to fix my conveyor belt yesterday before I before I leave and make sure it's all working right. Yep. And, yep. So yeah, everything has to, everything's ready to get going in the, all the greenhouses. Everybody's preparing, just like in the farm, right? Before, before the season starts, you get your cedar all maintained in, in the summertime, right. you get your combine maintained yep. and everything else. We're doing that in all the greenhouses across Saskatchewan right so, now. So when can somebody walk in and have that really fresh scent of like earth? You know, what you said, couple weeks? Yeah, February? I'd probably say mid to end of February. If you come into the greenhouse, you'll be able to poke your head into the back, the back greenhouse, and you'll be able to smell the smell the soil. We don't <laughs> like to call it dirt in the garden center. It's <laughs> definitely a soil. Um, and uh, and then you can get sort of that fresh bout, bout of spring. But really, when things start kicking off is just like middle of March, I would say, right before Gardenscape. That's when everything is almost starting to bloom. The, the yeah. plants are, the baskets are getting big enough that they're just starting to hang over the sides. Um, and you can really see some progress happening. It is nice though, because, you know, like really outside in February and March, it's really not spring yet. You know, it's pretty much winter in February yeah. and March. Well, hit and miss, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to get that taste of, of, uh, of summer and spring. You can kind of get it a little bit early by going to your greenhouse. Yeah. Yep. It's like a nice absolutely. little treat. Okay. We've got another call to get to here. So let's, uh, let's do that. We got some time for this. Let's go to Estevan right now. We're going to talk to Paul. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Oh, fine. Excellent. What's your call about today? Uh, we received an orchid plant in uh, September the 6th, 
and every week I would give three ice cubes, like they said, to keep it moisture. Now all the flowers have fallen off, and I wonder what I should do now to um, to keep it going until it will bloom again. Now, that's a great question. Now, with your orchid, it's probably a phalaenops. It's got nice big blooms on them. Are they pink or white? Um, one of those colors, I would imagine. Yeah, they were kind of purpley. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And um, so you, you did the right thing. A lot of people use ice cubes. Some people say that works. Some people not. Um, it's just because you're giving them smaller amounts of water at a time and not overwatering it. Now, when it's planted, it's usually planted in a moss mixture. So when it's not blooming, it's a good time to sort of examine those roots and repot it a little bit. It so that it's ready to go for, for the next time it blooms. So you can grab another pot, similar size to what you have, um, and then I usually make sure it's like an orchid pot, something that you can get some air in it or something you can see the roots Or Orchid pots have bigger holes on the bottom, okay? Yeah. So they have... It even comes up the sides a little bit so that a lot more air gets around the roots. I was uh, transplanting an orchid the other day and it had some styrofoam beads sort of shoved into the bottom of the pot. And what orchids are air plants, so they just like a lot of air to the roots. Yep. Um, so you're going to transplant that. Um, take that moss off because that's going to hold a little bit too much moisture from what it is. And you're going to retransplant it in an orchid mix. And you can pick that up in any garden. An orchid mix is barks and sticks. Bark, and sticks, and moss. That's a lot of air. A lot of air. There's not a lot of soil, yeah. Not a lot of soil, a lot of air, so that, but moisture sticks to all those little particles, and then then your your orchid does a lot better. And then once your stem looks like it's starting to die back a little bit and it's getting a little bit soft on the tip, you can cut that down if you want. And then just make sure you have it in a nice sunny window. I know, Jay, you said you have yours on a sort of a southwest, southwest. mine, Mine faces directly south. Uh, the window, but yeah. it's not on the window sill. It's not up close to the cold window sill. It's actually on my coffee table. It's a glass coffee table in the middle of the room. So it gets light from the window and then it sort of gets reflection from the table below it too. And, and you, that keeps and you, it. And you almost never stop blooming. Yeah. So ho- Paul, hopefully yours keeps up like mine. Mine never stops blooming. When the one yeah. finishes off, the next little nub shows up and it starts to send up another shoot and oh. away it goes. It's, it's, He's it's created a- the perfect storm for his orchid. Yeah. I've got 26 blooms right now on my orchid. Oh. <laughs> 26 flowers. Enough. I got one here. I'm looking at it. Just one hanging on still, but it's ready to fall Ready up. to go. So there is a possibility some of them will need a little bit of a break, and some of them will continue to bloom and, and keep shooting spikes oh. up. So, yeah. Don't forget, okay. too, Paul, you got you can also fertilize this, and there's specific orchid fertilizer for, for that's, orchids. That's correct. Okay. And I, I use that every time or every second time I'm watering, and that oh, keeps, seems to okay. keep it going to make, make flowers. So... That didn't have any, that wasn't any suggestions on that little slip that we got with it. Right. Yeah, yeah. sometimes it doesn't include quite all those suggestions. Um, so stop into your local garden center and then we can, we can help you out get the right stuff there for you. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Take care, Paul. Have a good day. Bye-bye. one 8255 we got to go here, but I like drowning my orchid. You mix up the, the, the moisture, the, the mixture with the, all the, you know, water and... We Fertilizer. We call that bottom watering, not drowning. I drown it. It you goes right to the it. top. <laughs> yes. It's you, submer- you submerge soaking it. I, so- I soak it, and then and I then let it dry out. That's actually the best way to do it, and that's how we water our, green- our orchids in our greenhouse, too. Perfect. Yep. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll talk about more of that when we get back, and those classes you can take at the U of S with some details coming up. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. 
Already the second half of Garden Talk here on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. Hey, I, before we get on to our, our classes at the U of S, we're going to talk about in a second. We were, t- were talking uh, with our caller before about the orchid, right? Mm-hmm. And there is the method of putting a couple of, you know, uh, two or three ice cubes on it a week and that sort of thing, and it keeps the moisture in. Let's talk about the way that the, you know, we were touching on it just before, but there's a, a great way that I water mine, and it seems to work really well. So Yeah, so what you're doing is you're preparing your water, usually in a bucket or a Yep. And great, and you're adding your fertilizer into it. Well, actually, what I'm doing is I'm mixing it into my watering can. Oh, you're mixing it into water can. So I just my my orchid lives in a pot with no holes, but there's a sleeve inside that has holes, a plastic okay. sleeve. So I take it into the sink and the whole thing, pot and all. I mix it in my watering can, fill up the pot right to the top. So now the whole thing is just soaking in that yep. mixture that's got the fertilizer in it. Because your pot does not have a hole in it, that sleeve has a hole in it. Oh, sleeve has a hole. Okay. So after about 20 minutes, then I lift the plant in the sleeve out of the pot. So now the plastic sleeve's got a bunch of holes in it. Yep. I take the pot, move it on the you know counter, and then the, the, the plant in the plastic sleeve sits in the, in the sink and just drip drains. So then you get rid of all the excess moisture. Yep. Uh, but everything, all that bark mixture is all still nice and moist. And then you put it back in the pot and put it back on the coffee table. So, so it's, it, it's a way of getting that fertilizer in because otherwise, how do you do that with ice cubes, right? You yeah. really can't. And yeah. exactly. And if you don't have that sleeve with a pot in it, then you do exactly the same way as you just take a small pot or a bowl and you'd fill that up with water and, and soak it that way. And right. And how big, often are you watering it, Jay? See, that's the thing. It's probably once every, Three, four-ish weeks. I was going to say about once or if twice a month, but probably about once a month. Yeah, it's probably once a month, maybe only slightly more, but like we forget about most of our plants. Yeah. Like most of them are succulents or this or dracaenas and some other things that do, snake plants that do fine without Yeah, so I like that method better. It's a little bit more consistent. That orchid has time to dry out, which they are air plants, so then they can have access to the air more when there's less water in that pot, in that in the Mm -hmm. soil. And the other thing is, is orchids don't really like the cold. So those ice cubes will sometimes give a little bit of cold water, whereas you can use uh, a different temperature water when you're watering. And and also when you're fertilizing and, and even water, watering it that way, you know, when you take your watering can and you water on one side of the pot, you're not hitting all the no. roots, right? You just can't because it's so porous, it just goes just like a chimney, it goes straight down. To the bottom. So, right? So when you submerge them like what you're doing, you're getting fertilizer and water on all the, the roots. Su- all the surface of the roots. All the surface of the roots. Exactly, because it's not really soil yeah. that it's in, yeah. right? And Where so that- then that way you have food generating for the whole plant and that's why you're getting so many blooms for it because there's lots of food for it saying oh i got lots of food i can keep generating yeah exactly so if you're doing an orchid that might be a better way of watering it that way but one thing everybody's scared of orchids jay do people have to be scared of orchids <laughs> it's the easiest plant one, i've ever had in my one life of the easiest plant and there's and it's one of the plants that have the most species like varieties of plant of house plants of flowering plants almost in the world Yes. Okay. And so you don't have to be afraid of an orchid because you have them on your lapel, you know, when you go to a wedding or something like yes, that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to be delicate and everything else. But it's an easy plant to grow. People don't have to be afraid of it. Exactly. And it's great. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. We've got another great uh, call that's come in. We're going to go to drink water and talk to Diane this morning. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. You got a, a lemon tree. Is that true? Yes. Awesome. Have you ever got any lemons out of it yet? No, that's one of my questions. Okay. You know, 
wondering how I could get it to produce lemons. Now, one of the things is, is in the winter time, especially here in Saskatchewan, you're going to find your lemon tree is going to go a little bit more dormant unless you have added some grow lights on it. So a lot of times they'll drop about a third to half of their leaves. Are you noticing that the leaves are dropping a little bit? A little bit, but they're, there's lots of them and they're very green, large and green. Okay. Now, um, now what you want to do is uh, you want to just keep caring for it the way you have because you have a nice um, situation for it. Obviously, it's getting enough light in your in your home that right. it's still producing those leaves. So what you're going to do is you're going to go into your garden center. And do you have any fertilizer that's specified for citrus plants? No. I. The only thing I've ever put on it actually is some ground coffee once in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're going to want to get a citrus fertilizer, and that's just going to have yeah a little bit more nutrients. And we actually have it; it is specified just for citrus plants. Some of my um, big growers down in Florida, they actually will send up some of their fertilizer with their plants, and there's a foliar fertilizer as well that you can get too. That will just sort of help help the plants. No, one of the technical reasons why you want to use that fertilizer for a lot of our water we have in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. has a higher pH of the water, okay? Even our soils are a little bit higher in pH, okay? Okay, well, I water it with um, either rainwater or snow yep. water, which yep, that's is what okay. I'm doing right now. But what you need to know is that this fertilizer for citrus have a little bit of sulfur in, in the fertilizer, okay? okay. So it's, it's actually acidifying the water, okay? Okay. And, and also the soil around the plant. And mm-hmm. by acidifying lower in the pH of the soil, that will help it to bloom. Is the plant blooming at all? No. Yep. no. So. Yeah, so you need to fertilize it so you can get that plant blooming. You it seems like you're doing a great job of taking care of it with sunlight and water because you've got lots of new growth on those leaves and those mm-hmm. leaves are coming on, but now we need to fertilize it so we can put some energy into those um, into those blooms. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, should I just leave it where it is or I'm wondering in the when the weather is warmer, if I should be putting it outside. You can put it outside. It can go in a south or west uh, location outside. One thing, when you put it outside, if you're bringing it back in, just make sure you have a good pest management program because you are going to have some bugs on it too. Just just a natural thing that happens. So you'll be watching for spider mite and aphids will be the biggest thing you'll be looking for. Inside, make sure it's getting some direct sunlight. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. That's important. Okay. And sometimes the leaves give off a, a really nice lemon scent, yeah. but other times they don't. Yeah, yeah it's just the time of year that they are. Sometimes they will they'll produce a little bit more like almost like a sappy sappiness to the leaves. So right. it just okay. depends on the time of year for the plant. Well, oh. And you got to imagine too. I mean, we're growing that plant in in a place where it was never supposed to be. Right, even even right. inside the amount of you know dry air we've got mm-hmm. and the lack of sunlight at this time of year. Even this, even though it's getting direct sun, you know where you've got it. Right. It's not the the solid twelve or fourteen hours it would normally get where it lives. And, right. And, and when right. it does start to bloom, they're small. Okay. They're not the really big blooms, right? Oh, okay. Look for them, and then also be the bee. Okay. So what I mean by be the bee, take a Q-tip. And go what is that word? Sorry. Be, be the, the bee. bee. Yeah. Be the bee. Pretend oh, be you're a bee. Be the bumblebee. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Be the bumblebee. Right. Go around from a Q-tip from flower to flower, and oh, just keep yes. going around and pollinate your flowers. And that'll oh, give you sure. some lemons. Okay. Okay. There oh, great. Go.
Here you yeah, go. so I think our lemons will usually end up bri- arriving around uh, March and April in the in the garden centers. Usually, when oh. we start to see them see them coming in as oh, plants, great. and we'll get grapefruits. Oh and yes, I'd like to come and see them for sure. All sorts of different types of um, okay. citrus plants. Good. Well, good luck with that, Diane. Thanks for Thank the call. Thank you. All right, take care. Have a good day. Bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. And uh, I think we got to go for a quick break. So Chris he wants to talk about a Christmas cedar. Hang on, Chris. We're going to get your call as soon as we can. We got to take a quick break though, right now. So more to come, and we'll get to your call as soon as we're back. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on nine eighty CJME and six fifty CKOM. Thanks for joining us here on Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. We've got some calls to get to as well, so we're going to do that right now. All right, we've got uh, Nadine waiting in uh, Macklin in a second. We're going to talk about some lemon tree stuff. She's got a story to share with us. But right now in Saskatoon, Chris is joining us. Hi there, Chris. Morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Um, Yeah, the question that I left with uh, producer Jeremy was the fact that I've got this uh, cedar, which was a Grinch tree, you know. And you sort of look at it and you say, how does it get it to do that? You know, and you think it just grows that way? No. <laughs> it's pretty bound up. So it's basically um, one shoot's put into two and one beside it to make three. And they bound it up together, give it the bend, and hung the bell on it. So I picked it up at <clears throat> some big box store. And uh, just because I didn't have anything in the house, and it was only about three days before Christmas. So... Now I got this thing. I unbound it uh, the day after Christmas. I thought, let's give this plant a chance to breathe. And uh, it's kind of uh, not bad. The whole thing, pot from top to top of the plant to the bottom of the pot is about a meter or a little more than three feet. And uh, it's kind of greenish, but it's getting brownish too. Okay. Well, this plant here is called a cypress, and uh, you can get them in two colors, usually a green cypress. Say that again. Spike what? A cypress. C y p r e s s, a cypress oh, okay. tree. Cypress cedar. Yeah, oh, okay. and um, and you can usually get them in a lime green color or a deep green color. And yeah. uh, a lot of times they're using that, and because the the stems are so flexible on them, they use they bind them up with wire, like you said, and they bend them into these shapes. But they're actually a really popular plant to put into our containers um, outside. They unfortunately are not hardy here to Saskatchewan. So if you want to keep it year after year, you're gonna have to bring it inside the house and um, spray it down well, nicely. Yeah, and then you can you can my house since Christmas. You can so. bind it back up and yeah. treat it like your your Grinch tree. Now the most oh. important thing thing is is that our houses are quite dry. So making sure that you're misting it every once in a while. And then with these guys too, um, making sure you don't let it dry out completely in between waterings is the other key thing for it too. Yeah. Um, with any so of you get one of those bulb things, or just put my finger in the soil and just see how damp. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, The other thing that you can do with it as well is you can just, if there's any browning on the branches, you can just sort of prune those out just to keep them keep nicely and nice and uh, nice and green um, because you don't want to wait till like the whole the whole tree is is dried out and because it's been bound so tight through the Christmas season you might find that you have a few brown pieces so just prune those out and you can really shape that tree however you like for the for the next season. Okay, quick question then so far as sunlight goes I don't have much I'm down in the basement suite so I move it around to where the sun comes in the windows. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's about it. It only gets maybe an hour to two tops uh, through my self-facing window, you know. 
Yeah, I think uh, if you want to supplement it with a grow light, that would be best. But um, it can handle some low light situations um, for a period of time. We're going to get some more sunlight coming uh, coming out here right away in the in the spring season. So just uh, hold on, and you're just going to really want to make sure that you're watching watching your watering is the biggest thing. On the warm on the warm days, put it right in the window. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's cool enough. I just had double yep. pain. But I guess the question here is that if it's three feet now in a pot, how tall do these things get? Well, they're they're not going to get as big as a big a big cedar, but they're miniature. But I've seen them grow about four feet tall. Is kind of four or five feet tall is kind of the maximum height that I've seen. Them and you grow. keep them pruned. Right. You can keep them pruned easily if you don't want them that big as well. Sure. Sounds good, Rick. Thank you. Hey, you guys, uh, great show. Thanks very much. And Jay, good to hear from you. Yeah, Did thanks you a lot. Singing, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Take care. one 332 8255 That's great. Thanks, guys. Uh, so let's go. We've got some more calls to get to and some more texts as well. So let's go to Matlin right now and talk to Nadine. Hello, Nadine. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. I just have to tell you my story. When I Years ago when we lived on the farm, I had bought a little lemon tree from one of these mail-order places. I forget, it was Rockwell or someplace. And it was a wee little thing, and I planted it in some good garden soil, and it just took off, but it said sunlight. So my biggest window, warmest window, was upstairs facing south, and that plant just did wonderfully well there. It produced lemons every year, good. just like clockwork. I would get at least a dozen lemons on that tree. And then I thought, oh, it, should, it got a little bit bigger, you know, and I thought, oh, I should put it in a bigger pot. Bad move. <laughs> Yeah, they do like to be a little bit more root-bound, especially inside the house, just because I find if you put them in too big of a pot, they'll, we'll just water them a little bit too much. And so I don't know what it was, but anyways, that, that plant kind of it kind of ended his days. So, <laughs> but I sure enjoyed it for about four or five years. It was just wonderful. That's, well, that's amazing. That's a great story. That sunlight yeah. you had must have been just the perfect conditions well, it for it. It was in the warmest window in the house facing yep. south, directly south, and it was always nice and warm there. And I didn't have to do anything. It just... Bloomed and produced lemons like nobody's business. There you go. Oh, that's amazing. Nice miracle plant. Yes, it was nice. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for your, your story. story. You. Take care. That's great. Okay, bye-bye now. one 877 With a couple of minutes left, let's go over our text line here really quick. Uh, this is, uh, so Sherry in Rosetown, my Norfolk Island pine is... Uh, was misted and the ends have curled up and turned brown. I'm yes. thinking about trimming it. Okay, so yes. sometimes right. when people are misting their plants, they're misting them a little bit too much. Um, so you want it when you're misting your plants inside the house, you're misting them only enough so that that water is able to evaporate within 30 seconds. So if you're misting it so that that water is sitting on there for like minutes or hours, you've put too much water mm-hmm. on okay. it. Somebody at the greenhouse, what they did is they took the hose and sprayed them down. It turned all, did exactly the same thing. Yeah. Ah, It's too much. So it's a mist. It's not a spray, if that makes sense. Um, so that's one thing to watch. If you do have that, what you want to do is probably you have a little bit of a fungal happening, um, to your plant. So you want to get a fungicide, like a garden fungicide and spray that on there to prevent it from spreading. But then you can also trim off those brown pieces too. Okay. Uh, hi, Rick, Jill, and Jay. I've been, uh, talking to somebody from BC about a Josta berry shrub. Yes. A cross between blackcurrant and gooseberry. It's a full flavor, good producing berry how will they do in saskatoon who carries them in a sheltered area okay there's there's their borderline 3b zone 4 yeah so just make sure they're sheltered and get good snow cover for the winter time otherwise they'll do fine okay and can you get them at dutch growers yeah sometimes otherwise we just special special order because we don't sell a lot of them right but okay. otherwise, they they they're fine. They're like I said, they're between a a currant and a, and a and a and a gooseberry type of thing. Yep. 
and uh, but don't get a lot of call for it, but we can bring it in special order. So, David, get a hold of Dutch Growers, and, and they yep. can get one for you to make sure you get it, or, yep. or a couple maybe. Get uh, get things going there. Uh, this is from who? Julian Battleford. Growing bamboo. Found the perfect spot in my house to grow bamboo. Has to be perfect as I continually forget to water it and it dries out, but it doesn't die. She asks, does does bamboo need fertilizer? Uh, she's watering with reverse osmosis water and uh, to the two stalks she has are almost three feet tall. She says, but yeah, so fertilizer. Fertilizer depends on how you're how you're growing. It. If you're just growing it with the stalks in water, mm-hmm. um, you probably can fertilize it every once in a while. But after you fertilize, you got to make sure you change that water because it's going to get really LJ, especially if yeah. it's in a clear glass. Yeah. So you want to watch that. So yes, so fertilize just, just it. Just like what you do, Jay, in the, the orchid, right? Put right. it in a bucket of water, let it absorb for a little while, then drain it off. Drain it off and then add some clean water yeah. in there. Right. Okay. Um, this is, I'm going to prob- probably have time with time to do this. Uh, probably. Sure. Let's get this in. This is from Haley in Estvan. She says, we also got a Grinch tree from Costco. However, it's not a Cypress. The Latin name on the tag is, I'm going to produce it or pronounce this bad. Thuja occidentalis. Yeah. That's cedar. That's a, that's so a it cedar. is the same, it, right? No, it's different than the Cypress. That's actually a cedar. Oh, okay. So Thuja is just like your Brandon cedar or your Holmstrop cedar. It's just a, a variety of cedar. Thuja is an occidental is a variety of cedar. So she says, hardy to zone three. Yep. How do we take care of it? When do we plant it outside? Uh, you're not going to plant it outside until after the May long weekend. Okay. And so just treat it like a house plant right now and it'll be fine. And then, like I said, then it can stay outside because it's uh, the Thuja occidental is it's hardy for Saskatchewan. Okay, perfect. So. Oh, neat. I didn't know that they had those ones yep. there. All right, we got to roll. That's our show for today. So thanks, <laughs> but we got to go. If we missed your text, we'll make sure we get it off off the air here. And otherwise, we'll hit you same same time, same place next weekend. It's going to be Jill and I and a special guest as well. So that'll be exciting. We'll see you then. All right, thanks for listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.